0: Well, we are in our house, which is a blessing in and of itself. Yeah, it is good to sleep in a place that we're more than one bedroom when you have many people are visiting you. So we picked right up on it. I think Dan and Anna came in and they stayed and spent the night with us. Of course, we got Dad Dad staying with us and Jeff Rose staying with us. So you got all these people in one little location and we have max and francis too so it's it's awesome it's interesting uh just getting ready for this word i mean last night was just like uh yesterday and last night was like from hell i got so sick fever chills uh, even my foot started hurting yesterday chasing max and francis around it was crazy i called mitch about i called him earlier and then he he returned my text about 10 and I said, Mitch, you got any words, man? He said, no, man, I'm blank. Tulio, Tulio, you got your word? Did you ready for next week? He said, no. And so I'm going, God, yeah, I mean, you know. And so I couldn't even think straight. You know how it is when you're in that state. So I just, uh, I tried to study and uh, and went down to the lodge and ended up falling asleep. And like, slept and woke up and went home and tried to study and fell asleep and, but the crazy thing is, during the night, all I kept doing was just focus on Hebrews eleven six. Those who come to God must believe that he is. He's a healer. That's what I kept just focused on. it's healer. During the night, you know how it is when the fever breaks? Chills. I mean, this, everything just broke. Got up, foot, felt good. I'm going, yeah, now I'm just tired. You know, from, so, uh, so anyway. But uh, I just believe this word that we're supposed to share this morning is supposed to be very significant. Everybody have a handout. If you do not have a handout, if you would raise your raise your uh, hand. Um, this is not one of those words that people. It's going to cause a lot of people to like me. Uh, it's not a popular one in circles. Um, but I've got to speak what I see in relationship to the Word of God as an elder in this church, Swifty. Uh, we need on up here, please.
1: Uh,
0: it's very important for us to, to, for us to spiritually train the body of Christ to discern and understand things. And so, if you would turn your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter twelve, thirty-two, and uh, we're going to use this passage scripture as a as a prophetic dr- jumping off point. I think it is a as uh, a prophetic word for generations, and it's talking about the sons of Issachar. Famous passage scripture. It says, "Now the sons of Issachar, men who understand the times with knowledge, and of what Israel should do." Their chiefs, 200, and all their kinsmen were at their command. Two things that I want to pick up on. One, they understood the times and what to do. And if you'll notice in your notes there, I broke this down into two categories. Very important for us right now to understand the times. And then what to do and how to respond. Uh, Y'all, it's really a crazy time. I've had governments contact me to like like buy me off. Like well offer me trips like the government, like to to Israel. If I would embrace a mindset and a in a theology. Um then you run into all of it. Kind of who things I was dealing with this last week. Sorry. Um yeah i was contacted literally by a us government official offering me a trip to israel and then, and 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 i knew the background was it was to embrace a particular type of theology and presentation before the people and uh and then and then all, that's some certain kinds of things then on the other side you get uh you know brothers and mindset you know of uh, militia mindsets and kingdom mindsets to bring the kingdom in now and certain uh, by force and, and so you know and you see things in the news you know, which is really it's really transpiring very interesting days and times and it's very understand important for us to understand this within the context of the word of God now I want to remind us as I start into this in that passage of scripture in Acts chapter one, when the disciples were asking Jesus, uh, you know, you know, is are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? And he's that, and it was responded to them. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. So I'm not going to be heading in that direction to say the times of you know, of like end days. But there are some things for us to understand so that we can embrace these things. And that's why there are five different things in relationship to the times I felt like the Lord was given us. And so um so so if you would, if you would turn with me into uh well, literally chapter, Matthew chapter seven. No, let's just skip over Matthew John chapter sixteen, verse thirty-three. And also. Uh, We see that past the scriptures we're going to go through. First thing that is very important is for understanding the times. Understand what this age is in the perspective of of the word of God. And notice in John chapter 16 verse 33, Paul makes this statement. I mean Paul, Jesus makes this statement. He says, these things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. Now one thing that's very important to understand. Uh, The passage of scripture that I was going to have us to read in the, the Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 passage 14 where Jesus makes the statement, narrow is the way that leads to life and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Well the Greek word there for narrow is the Greek word for tribulation. And see, Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulation. And notice this passage in John, I mean in Acts chapter 14, verse 22. Um, in fourteen twenty-two, 22, uh, Paul's preaching and they had preached the gospel. I'm going to read 21. That, that, to that city made the many disciples and they returned to Lystra and to Iconia and to Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in faith, saying through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And one thing is, and as you'll notice as I keep going on, in fact, let's go on, let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 3. Uh, these are just a few of the past scriptures that I could pull out, but in what we'll see is that in this age, this age is considered tribulation, a time of tribulation. Now, it's important that you note that the Greek word for tribulation literally means to make narrow, to squeeze. And I could really probably ask any person in this room to ask yourself, question, anybody in here has never been squeezed or pressured? Well, we know, well, like Paul says here in First Thessalonians chapter 3, he says... Verse 1, therefore, we, when we could not endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, God's fellow worker in the gospel, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith, so that you may not be disturbed by these, and, and the American Standard says afflictions, but the Greek word there is for tribulation. That you would not be disturbed by these tribulations, for you yourself know That we have been destined for this. And so one of the character very important characteristic of this age, this age is termed as a term of of a period of tribulation. Because one of the misconceptions is, is that that seven years, when you know, the seven year period of time is called the tribulation period. No, that's wrong. And I'll show you that in here to understand this time is a time of tribulation. The seven years, as you'll see in your notes there, is a time of wrath and judgment. And it it is very important to make that distinction because understanding times, you can misunderstand what period of time we're at or what's to come. Well, I want you to notice this passage in in, in Revelations, I wanted to show you in Revelations chapter 1, verse 9, where the book of Revelations is a time, is a book that gets many times described as, as is discuss, discussing the tribulation, I'm going to use this term, tribulation period. When the reality is, John refers to it, like I said, you see in your notes there, seven times it's referred to a time of wrath. Uh, but you see judgment, I mean, I'm sorry, seven years. Thirteen times it's referred to as a time of judgment. Eleven times it's referred to as a time of wrath. Because of the the shedding of blood that has occurred. Any injustice that's ever occurred in earth in relationship to people and nations, during that seven-year period of time, it will be dealt with. Now that's that period of time. Back over here, what we're in right now, Is notice what in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, is the misunderstanding about the book of Revelation is about a tribulation period. But notice what John says. I, John, your brother, fellow partaker in tribulation. So he's saying, I am a fellow partaker with you in what? Tribulation. Well, yeah. You know, that is a that's a characteristic of this age. But God, being the coolness that he is, is always about causing all things to work out for good. Remember in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, where we glory in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings about what? Perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope. And so, you know, the characteristic of this age, Satan is the ruler of this world, and the characteristic of this world is to squeeze us to pressure us, and that is the characteristic of this age. To understand the times and the seasons, the first is to understand that this age is an age of tribulation, the age that we're, we're considering later in relationship to seven years is a time of wrath and judgment. And for for expediency's sake, if you would... Uh, um, well, well, we'll deal with this. Let's go to Revelations chapter 6. And I'll show you just one brief example of this. In Revelations chapter 6, um, first, verse 9 and 10. When he broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God because the testimony which they had maintained, and they cried out with a loud voice, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? There was given to each one a white robe, and they were told that to rest a while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, which should be completed, and so judgment was dealt with in relationship, withheld in relationship to the shedding of innocent blood. In fact, that's a really interesting thing about the tribulation period. That that statement about shedding of innocent blood is is mentioned a, a number of times in the book of Revelation. It's significant during that period of time of judgment. Since we're in that, let me just show you this thing about wrath in, in uh, verse 16 and verse 17. And, you know, uh, the kings of the earth, I'll start at 15, and the great men and the commanders, rich and the strong, every slave and freeman hid themselves in caves among rocks in the mountains. And they said to the mountains, to the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of wrath has come. Who is able to stand? Notice the phrase, the great day of wrath has come. So that's the characteristic of this age of seven years period of time. And like I said, you can run the references. uh, Those are just a few of them that I put in the notes. That the the seven year period of time to come is a time in relationship to wrath and judgment, not tribulation. Now is a period of time of tribulation. Make sure that you equate what I'm saying. I'm not saying everything that occurs in the book of Revelation where these bowls and seals and all that kind of stuff that were in the tribulation period traditionally perceived. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the mistaken thing about this period of time in the book of Revelation is it calls it tribulation period. And one of the misconceptions is uh, it, that really causes the confusion and some stuff is in this revelation chapter 7 and uh all of a sudden John has a vision and he you know he sees this multitude of people in verse 9 of revelation 7 i looked and behold a great multitude which no one can count from every nation all tribes and peoples and tongues Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, uh, Salvation to our God and sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And it goes on. And John starts to, you know, the angel asks him, he says, who are these people? And he says, Lord, you know. And so he's wanting to know who these people are. And he said, these are the ones who came out of great tribulation, out of the great tribulation. And this is one of the misconceptions is is that this refers to the people who are going to the tribulation period. Then all of a sudden the rapture, which we'll talk about in a second, occurs in the midst of the tribulation period. But if you understand this seven-year period of time as reference to wrath, And judgment, and you understand this is a period of time in relationship to tribulation. This verse, this passage of scripture will make sense. That it understands that this is the period of time it gets referred to as tribulation. In fact, nowhere in the book of Revelation do we refer to this seven year period of time as tribulation. This is the only reference. And John refers to it in 1 9 that he's a fellow partaker in tribulation. In other words, if that was the case, then he's saying the tribulation period, quote, would have already occurred. But that's not the case. This period of time. Just referred to tribulation, period seven years to come, as I again as I said it before, is a time of wrath and judgment. Well, y'all, what's purpose for us and understand per, important for us to understand this is looking at first Thessalonians chapter one, verse ten. That in relationship to the church 110, get there. Fingers are slick. It says, for they themselves report about to us what kind of reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and wait for his Son from heaven who raised us from the dead. That is Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Very important. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10, get this. Like it says, and this starts off, chapter 5 talks about Jesus coming, because chapter 4 is talking about, about 4 and 5, talk about that. But notice this in 4 and 4, 9, as I put four ten, I'm sorry, 5, 5, I'm sorry, 5, 9. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation for Jesus Christ, for our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not destined for it. Also refers first to it in the book of book of Revelations also. But y'all, the, the ones who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior have not been destined or purposed for wrath or judgment. Because Jesus took that. To understand the times. To understand what... God's heart is in relationship to us, and one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture in relationship to this is that is in the book of Isaiah, chapter twenty-six, verse nine. And I'll read this to you real quick. Uh, so it makes a, a a really awesome picture of uh, of the whole concept. And let, and let think about this. As I heard one of our professors in seminary tell us, he said. Uh, Think of the book of Isaiah as a New Testament book. Because everything in it is so New Testament oriented. And, uh, but when you see in verse 19, notice this. Remember the statement, for the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain. That's in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Notice in verse 19, your dead will live, your corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust awake, shout for joy. For your due is as due as the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. Come, my people, enter into your rooms, close your doors behind you, hide for a little while until indignation runs its course. Watch this in verse 21. For behold, the Lord is about to come out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will reveal her bloodshed and her and no longer cover her slain. That is such a most awesome accurate description of the seven-year period of time. That the earth that will reveal its bloodshed and judgment and justice will be given on the on behalf of that. God being a God of justice uh, is absolute justice and things will never pass away. So for us, the first step in, the, in understanding times is, and I did this real quick i've got to spend a whole lot of time on this. to understand the times the season that we 're talking about now is a time referred to as tribulation. Now the second thing I want really important for us to understand Jesus is coming you know in matthew chapter twenty four verse thirty eight jesus there 's this awesome statement that Jesus refers uh, in describing something in a veiled sense. Um, I don't know, sense pretty, pretty graphic. When he makes a statement, he says, For the coming of the Son of Man will be like in the days of Noah. For those days which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For there shall be two men in a field, and one will be taken, and another will be left. Two men will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. You know, it's the proverbial uh, picture of that. All of a sudden, they say, Jesus, uh, you're in a classroom. And all of a sudden, Jesus was to come. One would be taken, another would be left. And literally, as we see, we know that in First Thessalonians chapter. Four, verse sixteen, where it says, "We're at the." Let's let's go there. In fact, let's go there. In fact, I am going to ditch this thing until. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That feels better. So, where did I say? Where was I? Yeah, four. Yeah, because understanding Jesus is coming, and notice how I see it in your notes. One, coming to gather. Two, is a coming to war. And there's two distinctions here, because you'll notice in four sixteen, in First Thessalonians four, is that the theme of him coming then, just like it says in four sixteen, for we, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead will rise first. This is this is referring to what we were seeing in Isaiah 26. Come, my people, enter into your rooms, and uh, the the earth will give give birth to departed spirits. You know, and and literally for us, you know, that who have had loved ones to go before us, like Bud and Mom, they, the dead will rise first, and uh, and. Rise first, and we which are alive shall be caught up together with them in the interesting places to meet them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be. The meeting place and the focus point is in the clouds. We see in, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, where, where the Son of Man will come in the clouds. And and it's the whole place, the whole purpose, and one of the main purposes in this is to gather To gather those who are in Christ. The dead in Christ rising up. We're literally, we're instantly transformed. Bodies are transformed from mortal bodies to immortal. Perishable to imperishable. Change. And, uh, you know, it's awesome thought and sight to think about. That he appears in the sky. But also what's important to understand about this event is as it says in Matthew chapter 24, that literally 21 is that, um, well, I'll read that. Let me get there. But it's literally a a turning point, an event, of where there's, that the the nation, no, I said that wrong, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, will realize who the Messiah was very important transition point because watch this because during this seven-year period of time of wrath the nation of israel becomes a central focus in fact you see 144,000 were sealed and and the, the angel declares the, don't let harm come near them and they go forth you know and that's where the even the antichrist there uh, israel becomes a uh, a point, the nation of Israel becomes a focal point in relationship to, to the Antichrist manifesting himself where he uh, does some uncool things in relationship to the temple. And so, um, but notice in this, did I say 21? I'm sorry, it's uh, really third 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, interesting, okay, And I don't have time to go in relationship to that. But it says, The sun will be dark and the moon will give us light and and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of heaven. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Important. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And you've heard me say this before, but never in the New Testament is the Greek word for tribe used to describe Gentiles. It's always used to refer to the Jews. The tribes of the earth will mourn. Well, we know that in Zechariah. In Zechariah, you'll have that past scripture, chapter 12, verse 10, where literally they look on Him. They will mourn. They will look on Him who they have um, pierced. They'll realize, whoa, this was the Messiah. And and it's so important for us to understand Jesus' coming in the clouds one is the purpose is to gather, but that other important event, one of the important things associated with it, is also revealing uh, of unveiling of the of the partial hardening i talk about it in a second over Jews that they may look and see that he's the Messiah, and they'll realize it, and that's where you'll see the fulfillment in revelations. I mean, I'm sorry. Romans chapter eleven, where it says, "Thus all Israel will be saved." Very important. Very important. So Jesus is coming for us to understand the times and relationship. Yeah, Jesus is coming, and yeah, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of flack that people talk. They'll make fun of you this day and time. Oh, you're pre-millennial. I'm pre-pre-trib. Yeah, yeah. They'll make fun of that in theological circles. But, y'all, I'll be honest with you, the Word of God, to me, is so interwoven that, that you can't escape this. It fits all the passages of scriptures. the Word of God, so true. And I don't have, this is just a brief overview of stuff, eschatology. But but to understand Jesus is coming, and, y'all, He could come at any time. And that's, you know, I, I go, come, Lord Jesus. There's been a lot of stuff happening re- recently that I just really wanted to break out and start rapture practice, you know, you know, because you know it's so exciting to think about, you know, to be with Him face to face. And y'all, it's not cool. I'm gonna say this, y'all. It's not cool to have a mindset of looking for Jesus' coming as to escape this world, because y'all, that's not cool. I mean, like, could you imagine this? Uh, I'm gonna marry Paula. I asked Paula to marry me, and she says, "Oh, I can't wait, wait, wait to marry Rick because when I marry Rick, I'll get out of my house. All the problems I had, you know, it's not love. We're, we're, y'all, we're invited to the great marriage supper of the Lamb. That's celebration. So when we start talking about being with the Lord, no, that's the, our love, the lover of love of our lives and. But also the exciting part to, to see those who've gone on before us in Christ Jesus, you know, which is awesome, and to thought about. But also it's important to understand the times, understand Jesus is coming from, from in the clouds, from on the earth. And it's interesting to me. You see this in the book of Revelations in chapter 19, y'all. He is coming when he comes then. He does not come to gather. He comes to wage war. It is clear. He's coming on a white horse and the armies of the heaven, and one of my convictions are that's us is coming with him, and he is coming to kick butt. And it talks about in Second Thessalonians chapter two, that he will slay the Antichrist with the out of the out of the, the words of his mouth with well, a sword coming out of his mouth. That's that's second Thessalonians 2 and also Revelation 19. But it's interesting to me that how people would say that that they would equate this Jesus coming toward the end of the tribulation period or in the mid. But second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about the antichrist being revealed and it says this the antichrist will be only he who restrains him, the Antichrist, will do so until he is he is taken out of the way. He who restrains him. He, Holy Spirit. It's not the church. And literally, when the Spirit of God, which y'all, we will never be without the Spirit of God, Jesus has promised us that. That when the Spirit of God and we, the church, is taken out of the way, that will be a key revealing and unveiling of the Antichrist. So people get caught up. Do you think the Antichrist is, is, is here now? Maybe. Do you know it? Do you know it? No. Because he will not be revealed until he who restrains now, restrains him, is taken out of the way. So, you know... You know, he may be here. He may be alive. He, you know, praise God if he is. I do know this, that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. You know, and John wrote that. You know, both in First John and also in Revelations where he says this, talks, refers to the Antichrist who was, is not, and is about to come. That's where you'll see the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist manifesting itself down through history. Was, is not, and is about to come. I I think the spirit of Antichrist was was at work with Hitler, very strong. But is not. Comes, makes these cameo appearances, disappears, comes back. But then, when you get to the seven-year period of time of judgment and wrath. Where literally every all the supernatural unveiling of demonic powers is revealed, and all the Satan's putting all of his cards out on the table, so that God may come along with the rook card and go poof, and that's it. Because when Jesus comes, like it talks about in Zechariah, also chapter, I believe this is in chapter fourteen, He comes and His feet stand. On the Mount of Olives, and there he comes to rule. I and mean, that's no, that's no playtime. There's no gathering. It's ruling. It's, it's it's well, it's kicking butt and ruling. Excuse me for using that term, but that's the reality. So to understand these times and this differentiations in time, understanding Jesus is coming in the clouds, to understand Jesus is coming to earth. And the distinction of the purposes of each and the times of it. Now, one thing I want to say about Jesus' is coming in this Matthew chapter 24 passage, uh, you know, and, and y'all, you know, this is a group of people here that really I don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because in the book of Matthew, the disciples asked Jesus three questions. After Jesus had told him that that the the temple and everything of it would be destroyed, he asked them. They asked him three questions: When will these things be? In other words, when would the temple be destroyed? What'll be the sign of your coming? And what's the end? When is the end of the age? And uh, and what's going to be the sign of his coming? The sign of it. In other words, don't think. One time we hear the sign of His coming, we think, oh, what are the signs leading up to that? No, 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 no. In other words, what's it going to look like (laughs) when He comes? And that's when He said to them, uh, don't let anyone deceive you, you know, telling you, here is the Christ, there is the Christ. Because He will come as a thief in the night. And so... You know that's why you'll see people going off onto these mountains. You know, oh, so and so's the Messiah. Oh, you know, and they get caught off in this the spirit of false prophecy that hits because he's not going to become on earth to be seen or to be gathered to. He's going to come how in the clouds. Now let somebody on the earth duplicate that one. I mean, there ain't no fool in that one to be standing in the middle of the clouds and going all right with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. Now, y'all, that's going to be hard to duplicate. I know, Satan can't pull that one off. And so there's no mistaking. That is the sign of his coming, him appearing in the sky. And so that's why I just want to clarify that and show you that you know how the enemy would try to do that. So the third time that I really want us to understand is if you would, go with me. The two past scripture, Luke 21, 24, and also Romans chapter 11, verse 25. Now, here's where some things controversial, I will say. In Luke chapter 21, is one of the other characteristics of this age that we're in You'll notice in the Word of God, it refers to it as the times of the Gentiles. Now, when Israel, God came, Jesus came to present the gospel to his chosen people. The one through whom he had was the covenants, the adoption of sons. Um, There's a whole list of other things that was there. But they refused it. They refused him. And there, they literally made a decree to themselves, let his blood be on us and our children. Well, y'all, that's a pretty big confession. And in that, and in that season, notice in 21, um, 20, I'll start at 20, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that our desolation is at hand. And this is in conjunction, you know, to the thing that where Jesus had told the disciples. When they're standing there on Mount of Olives and they're looking out and they're seeing the beautiful temple there, and he's saying, you know, not one stone is going to be left on standing on the other. And they're going, what? What is this? And that's when, and he says, you know, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, well, we know this did occur in A.D. 70, 72, A.D. 70. And uh, 21, it says, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are in the midst of the city depart and let not those who are in the country enter the city. Now, that is a very important prophetic word because you know, um, when I was in Jordan, one of the places that we went into Jordan uh, was a place that were, they showed where the earliest churches were, were established when Christ, when when in AD like AD seventy, when the Jew, um the um, Romans came in and just wiped out the Jews, and was really some crazy stuff happened, the Jews fled to the mountains. You heard of uh, Masada, uh, where where that the, that group of, of Jews uh, held off the Roman army. How many? About a hundred. Was it? hundred years or so, I don't know, in other words, I don't know a hundred years. How many was it, Paul? Was it about a decade? Three years? That oh, was a long time. Where's a hundred? It was a long time. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to get back. But anyway, they fled to the mountains. Thanks for helping me. Fled, fled to the mountains. And, uh, you know, that was, was really a fulfillment in this pro- prophetic word but then watch in 22, because these are the days of vengeance, in order that all these things which were written may be fulfilled. Woe to those who are with child, and woe to the mercy of babes, for there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be captive into the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the chimes of the Gentiles. Is fulfilled. Very important. Times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That is the characteristic of this age. Now, uh, in Romans chapter chapter eleven and verse twenty um, four or five, um, there's another passage that's very important. That repeats this the statement. He says, "I do not want you." To Brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So, what we're dealing with is, y'all, this season is the times of the Gentiles. A partial hardening has occurred to Israel. Praise God for a partial hardening. Or Dougie would not be here. Or Shane and... Shane and Jesse Lefkowitz would not be here. It's a partial hardening has happened to the nation of Israel. And so what's happening is during this season, this time is a partial hardening. But remember, what happens, what breaks that is when Jesus appears in the clouds. Very important to catch that distinction. Now here is one of the things that's important. In Hosea chapter 6. I'm just not going to turn there. But God prophesies and tells Hosea prophesies that Israel would be cut off for two days. Well, We know that's a prophetic day. Is it Second Peter chapter three? One day is a thousand years, and thousand years is one day. So Israel will be cut off for two days. On the third day, He'll revive them. So you know, this, like y'all have heard me say this before, this is my opportunity to tell you when Jesus comes. Somewhere between the year 2000, well, not 2000, around, yeah, somewhere around that time frame, between two thousand and three thousand. and 3000. So within that 1,000-year period of time, Jesus will come back, very confident of that thing. Why? The Hosea passage. On the third day, he comes back. We do know, you take two days, Israel's cut off. Well, they cut off in relationship to when they refused the Messiah. That was A.D. 30. Uh, We know the prophetic days is a 360-day calendar. So you take 2,000, multiply it by 360 days, then divide it out by 365 days. That comes out to around 1,970-something years. Well, around 2,000-ish or so we entered into, we're in the third day. Somewhere between now and, I could believe that Jesus comes back. That Israel is restored. The time of the partial hardening of Israel has been removed. Now, um, what's important to me in this, and this is where I think things get goofy. Uh and I'm gonna say something. I've got to hear this and I'm gonna hear this right. And I say this with reverence. There's a blessing. The blessings, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. That's Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. That's spoken in the context of the Jews. So God has blessed the land of Israel. I mean, when he blesses something, y'all, it is blessed. He does not take it back. There's a blessing on his people. But it does say, and there's an interesting, there's conflict here in, in Paul contradicts himself almost but that's always the truth in Romans chapter 9 he says it's not all Israel who are Israel according to the flesh so yeah I'm a Jew because I'm of the seed of Abraham but however when you get to Romans chapter 11 and he's talking about Israel the Jews according to the flesh he's saying the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable and that they will come back now, the thing that grieves me sometimes is that we misrepresent uh God's blessing on the on the government of Israel and not the people of Israel. There is a big difference. And if you read, and I, I challenge you to do this, read Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, and where you see this whole thing discussed, and you're not seeing government mentioned, you're seeing people mentioned. See, because you remember in John chapter 4, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and he, she's there talking, he, he all of a sudden, you know, I perceive you're a prophet, and then. And she starts throwing this thing, being from Samaria, you know, we worship at this mountain, you, the Jews, worship at this mountain, and that whole interchange that Jesus tells him. And, you know, and Jesus speaks to her about that. And then he says this there's a time coming, and now is that the true worshippers shall worship the Father in what? Spirit and in truth. So it's not in this age, y'all, it's not a thing of the flesh. That's important. Here's important. Think about this. Romans chapter 9, it refers to Israel according to the flesh. Romans chapter 8, one chapter before, same context, it makes this statement. Mindset on the flesh is death. So you get this conflict in the Word of God. And what's very important is in understanding times is to understand the spirit and flesh understanding the times of partial hardening and understanding the time when that stops understand that God is ministering now to the gentiles but he has not forgotten his people But there's a time, just there was to reach to the Gentiles. There's a time for his people. So the treasure, I'm going to say this in relationship to the people. Because, y'all, I'm going to tell you uh, um, if you're not careful, you will treasure the nation of Israel over Arab people. That's dangerous. It is very dangerous. Just like I told you, I had an Arab pastor telling me, says, you evangelical Christians fuel the fire of Islam because Israel can come in and do injustices and it's okay because it's in the name of religion. Government. Government, right. Government can come in and do injustices. And so... And all of a sudden, we see, y'all, God is not a God of injustice. And so, every time He does an act, it will always be with justice and righteousness, always, always. And I, you know, and, and there's much behind what I just said. So, when understanding the times, y'all, um, it's very important for us to understand the times of the Gentiles. Please hear me. I am not downplaying the Jewish people. I am in any way, shape, or form. In fact, our heart should be to bless that people. In blessing that people is blessing the heart of God. Now, I, and like I said, I believe that there's a distinction between the people and the government, because Jesus didn't come to prop up the Jewish government. He came to reach the what? People. So there will be a time that that which is in the spirit becomes physical. There is a time for that. But we're not, I don't not believe we're to be caught up now bringing that into the physical. People whom I love dearly, I'm watched confused trying to cause things to happen in the physical. And it causes issues and problems. And real quick, understanding the times in Matthew chapter twenty-four, Jesus says this in in twenty-four six about times, about wars and and rumors of wars and uh, natural disasters. Y'all, Jesus says in uh, six through eight, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that they do are near, not frightened. For these things must take place, but that is not the end. For nation will rise against nation, and in, in kingdom against kingdom in various places, and there will be famines and earthquakes. But these are all just merely the beginning of birth pains. Y'all, so understanding the times in this season, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars in the Middle East, don't let that bother you. Do not let it distract you. But what do pay attention to as it says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, where he, Paul makes a statement. it says, Now concerning the epochs and times, concerning the day of the Lord, you have no one, need of anyone to speak to you. Anything. But he says this, but when they are saying peace and safety, know that destruction is at hand. Y'all, when I saw in the news that China... United States, Russia, Germany, and was it Britain? It seemed like it was five plus one. We're agreeing together for Iran. I'm going for peace. And I was hearing one of the government, uh, U.S. government officials saying this this agreement is to ensure. The safety for the Middle East and for our 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 and I'm going. First thing popped in my mind was First Thessalonians five point. Glory. I mean, so y'all don't if there's struggle in between Israel and the Palestinians or or the Syrians or and that don't let that be. But y'all, if they start making peace accords between Israel and the Palestinians. Y'all, get excited. Get excited. Because that is the fulfillment. Don't let wars get be something to get assigned. Ah. But when they're saying peace and uh, and safety, and that is, uh, you know. When I was in the Middle East uh, right before the 2000, was it 2000 election? 2000, what year are we? 2013, Six, eight, eight? was it 2008? Yeah, 2008 election. This was interesting to me. But I heard that out of the mouth of Arabs, that they believed that Obama was the savior of the Middle East. That was so interesting. I'm going, what? Do you think that? And it was kind of interesting. And so when I start seeing a lot of values coming up and stuff like that, I'm going, that's interesting. That is really interesting to me to think that. So understand the times in relationship to wars and natural disasters. Now, here's one that I really want to emphasize real quick. If you would go to two past Scripture with me 1 Timothy chapter 4 and also 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. In the last days. It says this that difficult times will come. It also says in Second Timothy chapter three. Well, that's where it says, "Last day difficult times will come." In First Timothy four one, it uses this phrase. It says, "But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons." uh falling away apostasy 2 Thessalonians 1 uh, 2 3 says this that the for the Antichrist can be revealed apostasy must come first now y'all uh, throughout history we've seen nations turn from god but never before that i that i see it where it's so the fabric of the world is so connected together that you see an apostasy occurring uh apostasy means to fall away from Europe, who was hailed as a as you know as christian at one time is very much post christian era you know very much so england you know is uh it's just sad to see it in fact e- England is really in the in the, really the precursors of becoming Islamic in certain forms. It's really a conflict going on uh, right now, going on in England. I go to parts of London, and it's serious issue. Paris is another one. that's really a conflict going on there between Islam and and the whole thing. But the thing, those that's all beside the point. The thing that's interesting to me is the falling away of values. You know, like homosexuality. Uh, like I, you heard me say here before in Europe, like in Sweden, uh, uh, it's against the law for a preacher to say anything negative against homosexuality. If he preaches against homosexuality, he'll be thrown in jail. That's uh, going on right now. We've got that in the seeds of our law right here about hate crimes. And that's that's that will probably be a reality for us in the coming days, that if... Uh, you know, if you say anything or preach anything that against homosexuality, you're you're initiating hate against a particular group of people, and so, you know, uh, just uh, about abortion and and you know just the values in the in the, that are in the world that are right now going on the church. I mean, just think about church wide worldwide. All these values are just permeating the church, or disvalues, or what you want to say. Apostasy. You know, you hear a lot of people talking about a great revival before the coming, but the reality is it's not a great revival that I see in Scripture mentioned. In fact, it's these verses I have here, and there's some other ones that could be added into it. It's apostasy that marks the last days. Now, what is that? What is that important for us? A couple of them. The focus of apostasy is to steal love. In Matthew chapter 24 verse 12, it talks about because lawlessness increases, the love of many will grow cold. In 2 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, four different types of love, distracted loves, are mentioned. The attack in a season of apostasy is an attack on love, love of God, and true love of one another. And so, y'all, in this season, and why it is so important for me to really preach and share this with the people in Dwelling Place, is I really believe that the term last days and the last days difficult times will come. I believe that we are in the spirit of apostasy. Now, like I said, y'all, I don't know how long or whatever that is, but the spirit of apostasy is present. It has always been to some degree, but it's at this heightened state that I can see it at work in our nation, and the nations of the world. And so what's important for us is to beware of this, to guard our hearts, not allow uh, lasciviousness to be attacked. Where it talks about in Jude, it talks about where those who who take uh, oh, I'm sorry about the grace of God using it as a license for sin. Uh, but but for us to guard the love of God, a pure and an undiluted love of God and love for one another. And to pursue him and make a difference in this realm that we're in, not looking to escape it, because we don't know. I believe the thing is, is we're to infiltrate it, to infect it. Just like God gave a prophecy to in, to to Israel while we were in Babylon. He told them, you know, he told them go into the land. Take take for yourselves houses, homes, and then he goes, pray for the welfare of the of the cities that you're in. And in that place you'll be a blessing. And that's what I think y'all, you know, as we're looking for Jesus coming. Oh, that's exciting to see and be with the lover of our lives. But but the thing is to realize that is as this events draw near, that there's going to be a spirit to dilute the body. To cause the bride of Christ to be commit adultery with the world, like we see in James, the book of James, where it talks about the one who loves the world is an adulteress, and so and makes himself out an enemy of God. And so, in this place, y'all, uh, the, as you'll see, what to do? Well, I'll be honest with you. I think the thing to do is to love love God and love one another more intense more intense like it talks about in the word of God there's a crown of righteousness to those who love his appearing it's all about love anyway. and so apostasy would come to steal our love love of money love of pleasure rather than lovers of God love of uh of money love of the world uh uh, pleasure, love of world What's that? love of self but lovers of God let's be that so y'all this is one of those words I don't know why I get stuck with these but I just really felt like the events that we're seeing transpire in the world that we need some paradigms to be able to to judge these things and not get distracted off to the right or to the left. Uh, because I just want to say this. If anything takes us away from loving God and loving one another, something is amiss. Something is amiss. And so uh, we want to go in that direction. May all, yeah, er,
2: The question is, a little earlier you divided out the government of Israel from the people, the Jewish
0: people. Where in this, um, let me just ask it this way, did God bless the land? And if he had blessed the land, then how do we separate out people from the government? Does the land fall under the government or does the land fall under the people? Can we stand for the land of Israel without standing necessarily with everything the government's doing. Can I ask you a full Jewish question with you? When did God give the blessing on the land? When did God give the blessing to the blessing on the land? To not a government, to a what? To an individual. That's how I would say it. Yeah, God bless. And he says, I give this to you.
2: So then we as a nation stand with the land of Israel, but we don't necessarily take the side of the government every time, but we don't walk away from our stand with the truth. Yeah.
0: Well, I tell you what I would there's truth in that, but I, th- I what I value more than land are the people. That's what's to me is important, uh, even though there is a blessing on the land. In other words, you, well, you, it's not it's obvious to see the blessing on the land. You can stand you can stand in Jordan, desert, and look over. And you go, Oh, rich vegetation. What's the difference? Blessing. You <laughs> know, I mean, it's just obvious. <laughs> Go, you know, so it's just really crazy. You know, it's a fine line, y'all. I, uh, that's why I say that the, to me the key is in this is love. It's just love. And because, and uh, you know, um, you've heard me say this before. Uh, it's really hard and it's very complicated, y'all. And that's the thing I want to say. Do not be American in our politics, as i 've traveled the world, I have seen that us Americans are quite dumb in our politics we 're prejudicial we 're narrow minded and we 're injustice we operate injustice in our politics and uh, and so the rest of the world many times looks at us as quote Christian nation, and they look at us and going, "How can you say?" How can you do? And that's what I say to y'all, to us. Be educated. And I'm not saying I'm educated. Anymore. I know enough to be very, very dangerous. You know, I mean, I'm very dangerous. That's like the time I was with Joseph in, uh, in uh, sitting in a restaurant in Beirut, Lebanon. We're sitting at a table talking, you know, me and some other pastors with Joseph, uh, you know, as a pastor who's been here, and I go, you know, I'm just always asking these guys questions because I want to understand because I realize I'm a dumb American in many ways. And uh, and I said, well, okay, Joseph, uh, you know, being Lebanese, you know, from Lebanon and all things you do, I says, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, and remember he was a sergeant in the Lebanese army for 20-something years. And I go, okay, Joseph, what's your heart toward Israel? He, grabs, he puts his hand on his cell phone and, and as he, he says, that, I wish that they fall off into the ocean. And he takes a cell phone and he sticks it over on the side. And he goes, he looks at me and says, quietly, says, Rick, the cell phones have ears. And that's the first time I realized that cell phones never turn off. And that they monitor it. Just say one word in Lebanon and guess what? It picks up. And he goes, my heart, I love Israel. You know, they're people. I love people. And, you know, but me me being narrow-minded can ask the right question in the wrong place and cause trouble. I've done that before. (laughs) When I was in Cuba one time, I'm asking the wrong questions in the right place and get get us in trouble in Cuba. That was back in the early 90s. So Anyway, I just wanted to present this today for us just as a point of thought. Uh, y'all, as always, pull of Acts 17, verse 11. Those in Berea were more noble minded than those in Thessalonica.
1: I think, there we go. Um, I, w- I was just thinking, too, in relationship to Ernie's question, you know, I think a lot of times the reality is that, you I know, mean, you think about America and how, you know, maybe some of the founding fathers of America blessed this land in relationship to the Lord and gave it in relation to the Lord, but surely the government does not always uphold that, you know, blessing uh, of what God had declared. And so, you know, there is a fine line in that, but like I said, I think if we stay on that side of love, we're definitely not going to venture far off of that, you know, blessing the, the, the nation of Israel on that. So, um, but I just, I just kept hearing too, you know, even thinking about, uh, you know the joy set before him. He endured the cross. You know, just even the things that are are coming and are to come. You know, they they are for the the joy set before him was for us and for and for, and for the nation of Israel for for the redemption of mankind. And so, um, I think if we keep that uh, before us, that God really wants to to come in and and bring life and life abundantly, uh, even in the midst of the craziness of times and, and seasons that we won't be deluded and we won't be uh, swayed into other thoughts and other uh, other mindsets. And so, anyway, Joe, got some? I'm
2: just going to jump in and share. Um, I came in a little bit late and I was like, what is Rick talking about today? But I was like, man, this is, you know, So I'm, the whole time I'm asking, all right, you know, I know this is good. It's in the Bible, right? So... Maybe I should pay attention, and um, and then I'm like, man, what's what is the heart of this? And um, you know, Rick really explained that at the end. It's it's the love thing, and um, I'm like, man, how, what can I take away from this today? What what? How can I put feet to this tomorrow when I walk out? What, how can I carry this out into this this next week and take what was deposited into me and to affect my my circle right and it is it is that you know in the time of apostasy where you see love grow cold like we're encouraged to be love and to to be bright because in the dark in the dark places the light shines the brightest you know we have an opportunity to go out tomorrow morning and to be that love in in the midst of this world we have an opportunity today when we walk out of these doors to go and be love uh and and be a bright light in a in a dark place, um so every little act of love that we go out and that we express that we that we share, man, guys, we're raising him up, we're lifting up the name of Jesus, and he's gonna draw all men unto him, right, so I just thought that was pretty awesome
1: Amen. well i'm gonna we're gonna close, and I think Joe hit hit it right there, you know the fact is the the Big, bigger the divide between the, the the love and and between the cold and the warm, hot, cold. You know that in relationship to that, the reality is is that you know we get to love brighter, we get to shine brighter, we get to more everything that we do. People are going to be attracted to that because they they want something that they're not able to have and they're not able to get. And so, so let's just stand. We're just going to. want to close this. I want to pray for. For that, which Joe said, that we could, that our love would continue to grow more and more. Um, yeah. So, Lord, we just come before you, Lord. We we thank you that God, your heart this morning is that we under, understand that we understand the times and seasons that we're living. Amen, Lord. That we could be, Lord, like the sons of Issachar, that that understand the times and season, and not only understand the the times and seasons, but we know what to do in them, Lord. It's one thing to understand, but then if we don't know what to do, Lord, it, Lord, but Lord, you've given us just keys this morning, God, of understanding, Lord. Just even as Rick gave that just brief synopsis of just the things to come. God, I just pray that God, we would just be focused so much more intently on loving one another, loving uh, and encouraging people in this world. God, Lord, as people's maybe even in that apostasy, as the love people, people's love grow cold. God, that God, our love would shine supernaturally brighter and brighter. God, and I just pray. We do pray that God, as uh for for the nation of israel god we pray that same that we agree with that blessing on the land we agree with the blessing on the people and god we just ask in jesus name god that you would continue to bless that nation lord it's only a partial hardening, god there's people that are being saved every day god we just ask in the name of jesus that your light would continue to shine brighter and brighter in that nation god you would give the government wisdom God, and how to uh, operate and how to walk in, in that justice and walk in your kingdom, your 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 power and your glory, God. God, we just want to pray blessing on them, God. And, Lord, the nations of this world, God, even our nation, God, that God, we would understand these times and seasons. And so, Lord, I just pray that, God, that, and we as the people of God, the church of the living God, God, I pray that us as the church of the living God that we would know and understand and Lord walk out Lord God that this great privilege that we have yeah we have a great privilege in this time and season Lord where others love is growing cold ours can grow Lord where for where others may be falling away that we can draw near even more God, that where others get distracted and and, and lost in the politics and lost in the, uh, the, the craziness of the season, God, that we can be found, found in you and found in your kingdom and your glory, God. So, Lord, that's good news. God, that 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 is a joyful news. That that joy, that God, we have the 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 cross to look to, to know that you have this thing in your hands. God, is for the joy that you set before you, God, that you endured the cross because you knew, God, there was going to be a people, uh, a set apart people. Lord, coming to know you in the future days, God. So, Lord, we just pray that. God, and I just pray, Lord, right now. I know that you, I just felt like you gave us a word in prayer, God, that that somebody needs to know the Lord this morning. And if, if you were hearing all that and you're like, wow, I mean, there's some crazy things c- to come and I don't, I'm not ready. And if you aren't ready, I just encourage you, come to this altar this morning. After after we close out, just come and find me, find Rick, find uh, some other people up here that will be here and and get your life in, in line and in, in, in that sorted out to a place of salvation uh, to, so that you will know and you'll be able to walk in understanding the times and seasons. So Lord, I just pray for that right now. If somebody doesn't know you in this place, I ask in Jesus' name, God, that they would be be saved. They to, would to, to know you as Lord and Savior. They would know you as Mas, the the great Messiah, the one who saves. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. And we just pray right now in Jesus' name these things would be done. And done in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.
0: Also, I want to say something real quick. lady would like to share something. Uh, but also, I want to just apologize if I spoke the wrong dates on that about Masada. My mind sometimes like a sieve on outside the word of God so and that's why I appreciate Paul saying something and help me out so it, but anyway
3: I'm a visitor here but I'm not a stranger um, the Lord impressing my heart a word of encouragement um, tying in with what Rick said about uh, the apostasy and how um, the devil is creeping into the church I spoke recently with someone who is in leadership in a church and um, was sharing with me that we have to love um, what's going on with the people homosexual people and that they have people in leadership in their church that are homosexuals and that we have to embrace them and I share with that person um, that yes we love them but we also have to uphold the word of God and what my word is that when we hear this how the apostasy is coming that we need to have our hearts broken and, and what Rick said Um, intervene Um, what's the word you use to uh, infiltrate to infiltrate that darkness and to hold them up before the Lord and and to uh, to with the Holy Spirit hold back that spirit with our prayer love them yes but uh, not love their their lifestyle and what they do so love the sinner but hate the sin and, and that's part of what Rick said, that we need to infiltrate the darkness and have a heart broken. Because when that person who is in leadership in that particular church shared that with me, my heart was actually broken, Seeing with my eyes. I'm 71 years old, and I remember when things were different. So my heart was broken for, for that. And so we need to have our hearts broken and pray and hold back that spirit in love. Thank you.
0: God bless.